Well, basically, I mean, if you're not an idiot, which obviously a lot of people are because that's why credit card companies make so much money. If you just pay off your stupid credit card each month, the benefits are astounding. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Great. 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 Back in bold with our uh, recurring guest, the 70 day hard man himself, who's turned into the credit man. I see all these posts on uh, the Instagram. I see you're doing a couple programs talking about free money. When I hear the word free, Zach, I get quite uh, interested. But uh, mainly I want to have you on because I think uh, credits and credit cards and loans and um, being in debt is uh, a very important part of people, especially our age, you know, getting up there, um, older 20s. And then obviously even people older than that have no idea what they're doing still. Me personally, I like to stay out as much debt as possible, but I think I need to learn how to leverage debt really good. So this is why I want to definitely get you on here. I want to learn all these things you're talking about, Zach, make it interesting, and then let's shoot the shit. Probably start with basics, and then we'll get into some more of the in-depth stuff that you've been uh, focusing on. But Zach, why did you start going all in on this credit thing? You know, I know you're down in Florida. You know, I know you're doing a lot of different things, but now you're the credit man on uh, Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's exactly what you said. Um, being able to leverage credit is, first of all, something that kind of popped in my mind. But it also started, originally I got into credit um, when I went abroad. And before going, you know, I was looking up, I heard about people traveling for free or whatever. So I looked up different credit cards and different travel options. Um, and then I got through traveling and noticed that I had like 130,000 points. I didn't really know how to utilize them or what I could utilize them for. So it kind of got me down a little bit of a rabbit hole there um, in terms of, you know, how can I utilize those points and um, kind of travel on my own. But yeah, like you said, just kind of jump it off. In terms of credit, I think it's, there's a lot of misconceptions um, and misunderstandings about how you can utilize credit and actually how important it is for like a majority of things that you're purchasing on a, on a daily basis and being able to access business loans or bank loans, or basically free money at that point, 0% interest, you know, money. So 
Yeah, I think it's something that is important for everyone to be able to understand, at least at a basic level, um, and take advantage at some point in their life. So, yeah, dude. Oh my God. I can't tell you how much money, um, headache, and shit I've saved by getting a, a good credit card for this overseas living. No foreign transaction fees has yeah. saved me and made me a crap ton of money. I'll give you a great example is my salary. Um, for the football in Poland was paid on um, a fixed exchange rate, right? From US dollar to Schlotte. And uh, they upped it basically from, what was it, like three, five uh, Schlotte to $1 the year before. And they're like, hey, we're going to put it at four. And we're going to cap it, right? So you might make money, you might lose money. And obviously this Ukraine war happened and the Schlotte went from like, uh, you know, three, eight to four, eight. And uh, by able to use my credit card, you know, I, it didn't hurt me at all. Well, I was gaining money because the dollar got so strong, right? I mean, right now in Europe, the, the parity between the euro and the dollar, my credit card, it pays in euros. I get the best exchange rate and it's freaking magnificent. I remember when I first came over, I was using some random Visa credit card, that um, cashback one, and uh, it had like crazy transaction, foreign transaction fees. And I looked at it, I'm like, holy shit, this is adding up like uh, like crazy. Um, another thing regarding this travel is the, the points guy, right? He's famous for... Um, traveling everywhere with the, the miles like you earn traveling. And so it's definitely, I mean, it's very, very interesting. So, Hey, what we're going to do the basics first, just some clean cut, yeah. clear stuff. Yeah, we can definitely touch upon the basics, but I think you made a good point about that as well as the no transaction fees. Like if you're traveling, um, those three to 5% additional charges can add up quickly, especially if, you know, you're on a Europe trip and, you know, you're spending a little extra cash, you know, spending a thousand bucks a week or something like that, or a month, you know, those things can add up uh, for sure. And a lot of people don't notice as well with those travel cards that have the 0% transaction fees. They also have a lot of trip insurance. So you see crazy stuff of um, flights being canceled right now. You see people losing their bags, Amsterdam and London and people not getting bags for weeks. If you actually purchase that flight or you have a relationship with that credit card, you can utilize their trip insurance. So if you get a canceled flight over 16 hours or 24 hours, it's canceled. You can get reimbursed up to $1,000. So if you can't get a flight for three more days, now they have to pay for your hotel stays until you get a new flight. If you lost your baggage, you can get up to $1,500 in reimbursement, where typically you know, the airline might just give you a couple hundred dollars worth of reimbursement. So there's a lot of different random benefits like that that can be super helpful. Well, basically, I mean, if you're not an idiot, which... Obviously, a lot of people are because that's why credit card companies make so much money. If you just pay off your stupid credit card each month, the benefits are astounding, basically. But so many people just get lost in the interest, get lost in not paying it back on time, and they get in crazy debt. And that's how, obviously, these credit card companies became so huge. But what do you think the percentage of percentage of people that actually utilize their credit card uh, correctly and reap all the rewards and don't do any of the negatives? Yeah. Reap all the rewards, like none. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it that, but like, I, I mean, I saw something the other day. So we're going in, we're going into a recession. We're already in one. If, if you're smart enough to know that. Um, but a lot of people are in bad debt and they don't understand credit and how to utilize it. It's not, first of all, it's not free money. Um, I always say, act like, act like it's, you're spending what's in your bank account because you always want to pay off what you've spent. But always utilize it because you're going to get benefits by using the credit card. 
So I have a bunch of different credit cards that I use for just a bunch of different purchases. Groceries, I get five times points on groceries. So if I spend a hundred bucks, I might get 500 points towards that. I use a different credit card for gas. I get three to four times on gas. I get different benefits for travel. There's different cards where if you purchase an Airbnb, uh, you purchase flights, you'll get three to five times on that as well. So there's different cards for different expenses. So why wouldn't you utilize that and take advantage of it? First of all. Um, and then I guess I'll just touch on the main, the main points of your credit score right now, because I think it's important to understand that. And the two main ones that you want to make sure you're on top of is your payment history and your utilization. So like we've talked about is, you know, paying off each month is super important. Um, being able to pay that off hundred percent because you don't want any late payments. That is a flag towards banks. Banks will see, okay, this person is not trustworthy or responsible with their credit. They have late payments. It doesn't look good. So they're not going to want to loan you or give you higher credit limits. In the end, that can actually affect, you know, getting a, a car loan that can affect getting a mortgage loan. There's a lot of different things that go into that. Uh, so having a strong payment history and then utilization is how much, you know, how much are you spending on your credit card per month? So let's say you only have one credit card and it's only a thousand dollar limit. I have a buddy who actually only has one credit card and it was a thousand dollar limit. And he was asking me, why does my credit score keep getting hacked down, keep getting going down? It was like under 700. It was at like a 660 or something. And I was like, because your utilization is so high. Utilization is okay. He had a thousand dollars on his credit card and he was spending $700 on it each month. So he was 70% of his utilization. Does that make sense? I thought um, it was better if I had a 10,000 um, credit limit a month to spend as much as I possibly can as long as I pay it back. I thought if you're only using just a little bit of it, they get pissed off. Yeah, but you noticed how, how, how high of that credit limit was 10K. You know, the, the average person isn't going to be spending 5K a month on their credit card. Um, you know what I mean? So that utilization, like you might be spending a thousand bucks, but you're still under 10%. I'd recommend at a maximum 30%, which is why it helps to have multiple cards with multiple high limits. So if I have multiple cards, you know, and my total credit limit is like 50K, my utilization will always be low because I'm not necessarily spending 25K a month. Um, so you no, but Zach, I, I, I thought the utilization, it was better if I had 10K credit limit a month and it was better for me to spend as much as I could to get to there and then pay it back, obviously, each month. I thought that no, was good. So, <clears throat> technically, no. If you want a higher credit limit, yeah, from the start, it can be good for the first three months. Let's say, if, like my buddy, if they give him you know, $1,000 and he spends $700 for the next three months, and then he can call in and say, hey, you know, my, I'm spending a lot on my card. Am I able to get a credit limit increase? So it helps when you're accepted for a card and if you utilize a lot of that initially to improve your credit limits um, and increase them because down the line, increasing your credit limits uh, can be crucial in actually being able to access, you know, higher limits for other cards and, you know, getting into business credit, which, you know, we can touch on a lot later, but yeah, so that would explain that scenario. Initially it's good, uh, but you would rather have it spread out because it, it shows you're using too much. Gotcha. Um, a point I wanted to make, is I mean, basically, the only really good things about cash right now is um, the privacy and then deals. Like I notice that everywhere I go, especially in Europe, with the more bartering than um, USA, 
if I pay with cash, I can get that uh, thing ch chucked down, that price um, cut in half, basically, than if I use my credit card. Because obviously the fees and obviously you know, yeah. people are trying to do uh, deals underneath the table and whatnot. But um, so I think those two things, I mean, I don't want cash to fade out. Like I love cash, but I also see like the benefit. Like in 95% of my purchases, I'm using credit card, right? Um, another thing that came to my mind relating to how I think stupid most people are with this credit um, thing is have you seen those memes or those photos of those uh, used car dealerships that sell a $7,000 car for like 80 months and payments of $400 each month and the people are like smiling and we got you in our new whip. I mean, yeah. you've seen that, right? It's freaking, it's yeah. always like Friggin in the hood. Screwed, screwed, screwed. Yeah. I mean, it's bananas. Like how can, well, here's the problem too. We were never taught this in school. The only people that teach you this are online now or if your parents were financially literate. But, I mean, it should be a crime. Like, it's predatory loaning, right? Pay, payday loans and all that kind yeah. of shit. Like, I mean, the Bible talked about it. The Muslims talk about it. Like, um, usury or whatever it's called where you, uh, you know, get the interest on the money. But, anyways, I'm going a little rant here. Are we going back yeah. to the basics? <laughs> well, I mean, even to that, like, the people that are giving out those loans are getting more money they're getting more of a commission. So it's like, it's and there. And what you'll find is if you don't understand credit um, and you don't understand the things to ask or what you should be looking for, especially in a loan like that, you're going to get taken advantage of. And most people like most people are going to trust that because they don't understand it. You know, they're just going to be like, Oh, you know, a $400 payment on a $7,000 car is fine. And they're totally fine with that. And then, but the thing is they'll spend, people will sit there and they'll spend, like I said, it's not, it's not just free money that you can use. You have to pay it back. So like right now during recession, tons of people, they're either getting paid less, they're getting less hours. You know, obviously we have inflation with food, rent keeps going up. Um, so the, the wages that they were making before and they could get by are not wages that they can get by now. So people are spending more money on their credit cards because they don't have access to real cash. Um, and then they're just going more in credit card debt. They're getting more in kind of, credit repair, they're going to need to repair their credit. So it's actually going to hurt them later on six months from now when they need to have access to cash, which is, you know, building a relationship with a bank, building it with credit, being able to have that access. They're not going to be able to because they have such a bad credit score. They've already downed all their shit. They don't understand, you know, how they're supposed to utilize credit, which is why the basics of understanding credit is so important. Like making sure um, that you create this structure that's strong, building those relationships and making sure you can take advantage of it later. You don't want to, it's going to take a long time for people to get out of credit repair. And that's probably why a lot of credit repair experts or new entrepreneurs are popping up now because it's going to be such a hot space in the next six months to a year. Yeah. I mean, obviously in a situation um, like coming into a recession or you're in a bad position, you need to put food on the table. Like I get it. You got to use your credit, even though yeah. you don't think you're going to like pay it back. But I mean, a lot of people really think that the credit is free money, huh? I mean, it's, I mean, how is that? I mean, you're not public service announcement saying, listen, credit card money is not free. Like, it's ridiculous to me. I mean, to me, it's just like trying to be like a debt slavery type, you know, system, obviously. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's kind of what the U.S. is built on is debt. Um, and people always hear about it, you know, good debt versus bad debt. What's the difference? You hear entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires, all they talk about is die in debt. Debt isn't taxable. That's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. If you're a business owner and an entrepreneur, debt is not taxable, which is why a lot of people continue to leverage 
and take out money from the bank and utilize the bank because they can put it in investments and not yep. be taxed on it. Why use that's what all the rich people do? Yeah. Why use your liquid cash when you could leverage the bank's money and not be taxed on using it? Which, if you were to use your liquid cash, you'd be taxed on. So it's crazy. That's yeah. No, they have like so much real estate or investments, and they take huge like loans out on their artwork, and they put it in the other um, assets, and and they basically go through life without being taxed. That's why there's something to say about some of these um, tax the rich type people. Unfortunately, yeah. when you when you tax the rich, you're not going to tax the rich rich. You're going to tax the hardworking dude that you know made a couple million dollars, you know, off his small business and whatnot. But I mean, dude, the rich people do not pay taxes for the most part. They really don't. There's it's, it's a whole time. different game up there, huh? <laughs> There's ways out of it. You're right. I mean, the system is built by them and it's, it benefits them for sure. hundred percent. That's why yeah. we need to figure out the keys to this, Zach. So start teaching me. So basically if I'm starting off in credit or if I had a couple of credit cards and, you know, I've been slowly doing my credit journey, what are some steps, some easy ones and some hard ones that I can get after like right now to keep these relationships, like you said, in the future. So for when I need them, I can bang attack it. Yeah. So I'll do this first. I'll explain kind of the, the five points of the credit score, what goes in you having a high credit score. I'm not going to explain them too far, um, but just to give an overview because we've kind of bounced around here. First of all, payment history and utilization, two most important things that I kind of explained earlier. They make up 65% of your score. So over half of your score comes from two of the things, okay? Length of credit, which is how long have you owned credit cards. So if you're 18, if you're 18 right now or you're in high school, open up a credit card, my initial um, getting into credit, luckily for my parents, they don't really know much about credit, but they said, hey, we need to build your credit score. So I got a credit card. I'd, I'd recommend Discover. Um, Discover it credit card. If you don't have credit history currently, then you're going to have to open up a secured credit card, which is basically opening up a, a technically a debit card and then putting money on it, $1,000, and then just showing that you, you're using it. And then over a certain amount of time, that bank will actually give you a credit card, which will give you a credit limit. So now you don't have to utilize your own cash, but now you've built history with them, and that'll allow you to now open up credit cards with other banks and kind of have history to go off of, okay? So the length of credit is important as well. It's just how long you go into credit card. I've had a credit card since I was 18. Then there's new credit. How much new credit have you gotten in a certain amount of time? Um, so recent accounts, you know, that that is kind of a big flag, red flag or green flag for a bank. If you're applying for a credit card and you've applied for six other credit cards in the past six months, it doesn't look good. It looks like you're trying to access money like you need the money. So it, it's a red flag to a bank. So typically, you know, you would want to apply for credit cards in a short amount of time um, where you, you know, in the past six months to a year, you haven't necessarily applied. So it looks like open, it looks free. And then there's a credit mix, which is just the difference between how much credit you have, um, which is, you know, you have credit cards, which is one way of credit. You have student loans, which is another, you know, credit line, technically. You have bank loans, you have car loans. So those are kind of common things that you might have. Having a different credit mix, um, not just credit cards, shows banks, hey, they have history and they have a responsibility in actually paying back uh, money that has been lent to them. And as long as you're obviously paying it in hundred percent each time or you're paying those monthly installments, it looks good to have a mixed bag of credit, uh, a mixed bag of loans. So that's kind of the five, five pieces that go into your credit score. 
do you have kind of many questions on any of those kind of tenants? No, but basically, so like every six months, I should try to get a new credit card. I mean, until I have a decent amount that have cover all the bases. Okay, I've used this one for gas, use this one for entertainment, this one for travel. And uh, I mean, you know, all those pre bonuses too. Like yes. this one card I got recently, it was like spend like a thousand bucks and get 300 within the first three months. I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. But like, uh, so basically every six months when you're young, let's try to stack up some credit cards or what? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You want to hit those sign-up bonuses. You know, that's going to be your your number one route to building points fast. You know, it says, oh, okay, you get 100,000 points if you spend $3,000 in four months. Okay, you're typically going to travel. You're going to you're gonna buy groceries. Like right now, people are, like, it's pretty easy to spend, and you're going to get 100,000 points. If you're smart with the points, you can leverage. You know, that might be $1,000 worth of travel, but you can find ways to turn that into 5, 10, 15 grand worth of travel you know, the, the payoff is exponential. Um, so yes, I definitely recommend that. And, you know, you're building different credit limits, you're increasing the total amount of credit limits. And most people don't know if you want a perfect credit score, having over 20 open accounts, credit accounts is how you get a perfect credit score of 850. So, so what is so beneficial about 850 though? I mean, that means I can just access it, it the shit cash. Really I mean, be over okay. 720, you're fine. But like people always talk about, oh, the perfect credit score. Um, it's just owning a lot of different credit, having a lot of different credit. It just looks good. So, okay. I mean, so tell me, so tell me what's the differences between, okay, someone that's got 750 and someone that's at 650. Like, and let's say they make the same amount of money, they make 100 grand a year. Um, and they're at 750 and 650. What's the story? Same age, everything. It, it's going to be your access. So let's say I want to buy a house or let's say I want to buy an investment property. Uh, the difference between me getting a, a fixed rate at, you know, 3.5%, which isn't going to happen now, but at one point, you know, it would be the difference between getting three and a half percent and four and a half percent. But that huge one percentage point is actually huge over 30 years span. Um, that can be massive amounts of money. So that's really the difference. It's also being able to, let's say I want to get a credit card. I don't have any cards that are over 10K, which is important when you, you know, want to apply towards business credit eventually. It could be the difference between me getting a 15K credit limit versus a 6K credit limit. It can be the difference between me going in and wanting to build a relationship with a bank. Um, and them not wanting to bank with me. Gotcha. So, yeah. And building relationships with those banks, one thing that you had mentioned, as well as like, hey, should I be applying to credit cards every six months or so? Yeah, you should, because you want to build relationships with grade A banks who are great at basically giving people loans and, and giving people, you know, a good infrastructure. So like Chase Bank, American Express, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, you know, those are grade A banks that you want to build a relationship with, and it'll help you later on to receive business credit from them if you already have a personal credit card with them. You don't have to, but it, it shows, hey, we already have a relationship with you, so it's really easy. It's like, okay, I've met you before. It's like me meeting you. We already have a relationship. It's easy for us to talk to. Why would we not partner or do business? It's the same with banks. You know, you already shown strong history with us. We're willing to give you more money because you already have a relationship with us. So it's good to, you know, get credit cards in each one of those banks or build a relationship because it helps later on. Makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So a lot of these Europeans, they only use debit card or they use uh, cash. I don't think credit is obviously not as in, 
as uh, important or um, promoted here in uh, the European society for the most part. So I want to ask you about that. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think America is so full on it? And uh, this relates to like a Dave Ramsey, who's really not too much about uh, credit card stuff, right? So what do you think on those philosophies of the Europeans and the Dave Ramseys? I mean, there's different rules um, in terms of Europe. I don't know much of them because I'm not a citizen there. I, I don't, uh, I can't really give a, too much insight on the European side of things. I can't say Dave Ramsey is a bum. Um, I <laughs> like I don't listen to Dave, Dave Ramsey. I know a lot of people who are in the entrepreneur space that talk about if Dave Ramsey or whatever Kramer on stocks, like if they mention anything, like get the hell out don't do it, do the opposite like those. <laughs> so um, from the Euro side of things, I'm not too sure on that. The, the one thing to take advantage of or, or understand though, is if you live in America and you're not leveraging credit and you're not leveraging good debt, you are doing yourself a disservice and not understanding that. Because once you start to understand, first of all, what money is and where it comes from and how we've moved off of the gold standard and how America has kind of built this Mecca, um, you start to understand that like literally they are giving out free money when it comes to the banks. Like it is free money. And when you put money in your checking account, which a lot of people will do, like you said, everyone uses debit cards and they'll throw, you know, 20 grand into a checking account or 50 grand into a checking account. That bank is lending out 10 to 20 times more. So you put freaking 5K, they're lending out 50 to 100K to someone like me because I asked for it because they make money that you typically will make money on that, especially if you are a responsible lender or a responsible payer, they will make money because you're going to pay it back. Yeah, I just watched a video on that recently about, um, I think it was related to China, what they did with the real estate basically talking about uh, them, them trying to create the money too. But it is fascinating how like, you know, a great example of is that how much money we printed over the last couple of years and the dollar is as strong as it's ever been. I mean, the USA, it has built like this amazing uh, way to leverage the money and just create shit out of thin air. And, and, uh, but again, to point to the Europeans, why they don't really do it. Cause a lot of them don't have opportunities to access this. Their banks won't allow it. They don't have yeah. these kind of programs. Like, cause obviously the USA and, and the current, uh, the world reserve currency and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of shit coming out about this. You know, I, I've been seeing a lot of YouTube videos about uh, what you're exactly talking about. And it is fascinating. Like for as much as we bash USA and a lot of the financial stuff, if you just aren't stupid, I mean, you, you're given the best opportunity by far in the world. Absolutely. And that's what rattles me about it is like, the more I learn about it, the more I understand how much opportunity is available to the people in America. Um, built off the system that they built, even though it's basically, you know, somewhat falling apart now or falling apart, but you have so much, op like it's not going to, the banks run, the banks kind of run the government spending in a way. They're all kind of interconnected. Um, so as long as the banks, they're not going to let the banks fail, which is why they always bail out the banks during recessionary times because um, they want to lend this money. So the opportunity in America, which is why so many people come here, because it gives people from other countries the ability to start a business and have access to funding and have that freedom to do that. In other countries, you don't have the ease of use to do that. Well, and to buy a home, right? Like normally yeah. a lot of these countries, you have to save up and buy it in cash, basically. And yeah. how many people in America are buying homes just on cash? Nobody. I mean, very rare. 
Think about how yeah, many so jobs people have just from mortgage and insurance and lending. Like, it's crazy. That is fascinating. Okay, so you're just talking about how you started learning more about what money actually is. So talk to me through before you learned this and now that you've learned it, kind of like uh, like how you're adjusting life because of it. And uh, even if we've hit on some of these points before, but it's an interesting topic where it sounds like, you know, the Andrew Tate, he has that story where he says like, oh, I sat in my room and yeah. I learned that all this fractional uh, reserve shit and money is fake and I don't have any of it, that type of deal. So I'm wondering, well, how does your mindset switch when it uh, came to money after you kind of learned what, what shenanigans are going on behind closed doors? Yeah. Yeah, good point. It's it's very similar. I definitely haven't – I could go much deeper. Like this is just a, a fraction of, you know, what understanding money is and how America creates it and how we can access it. Um, but really – you know, money used to be backed by a physical product of gold. The amount of physical gold that we had actually backed the, the value of our money. When we came off the gold standard, the ability to lend, the ability to create money out of thin air began. And that's kind of how America blew the hell up. Um, so like understanding how, basically once I started understanding, okay, if I continue to have good personal credit, that will allow me to have access to more business credit or opportunities or business loans. So banks are willing to work with me and give me more money. Um, but the question is, as always, why do I need the money? Okay, if I can access money, why do I need it? First of all, I think the greatest thing about having personal credit, which I'll say this from the basics, um, before you even think about business credit, you need to have strong payment history. You need to have a low amount of inquiries, which is, you know, every time you apply for a credit card, they will pull from a credit bureau. So there's three credit bureaus. It is Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Depending on where you apply for a personal credit card, they'll pull from one of those bureaus. That is a hard inquiry. So it will show up on your credit report, which is what I was talking about before, like a bunch of new credit cards. If you were to apply for it and it says you have five hard inquiries, that doesn't look good in the last six months because it shows that you've been applying to a bunch of credit cards. They think you're trying to access a bunch of capital fast, which means, you know, they instantly think you're just kind of struggling in a sense. Um, so that's important. Um, kind of forgot where I was going on that route, but <laughs> you said, okay, so I, I have access to money, but why do I yeah. need money if I have the access? Keep going. Gotcha. And then, so, First of all, before you can even access business credit, and I'll get to that, um, you need to have at least three to five business cards, a different credit mix. At least one or two of those needs to be over a 10 to you know 10K limit. Why? Because typically, banks will loan businesses two, three, four times as much as what you have on the personal side. So you, you might have you know, a 10, 12K card. A bank might be willing to loan depending on what your... Uh, credit report looks like and what your past history looks like, uh, they might be willing to loan you 20 to 25K of 0% interest capital. That's the importance of business credit, 0% interest capital. So the greatest thing about business credit too is they don't, um, they don't, it does not affect your personal credit score. It is attached to your business. So when you open up a business, you get an EIN, which is very similar to personally, a social security number, but for your business, it's only attached to the business. So if you don't pay that off each month, personal credit, you have to pay off each month. Promise you just do it every single month. 
business credit, if you have 0% interest for 12 months, you only have to pay a minimum payment, which is 2% of the total amount you've already spent. So maybe a uh, hundred or a couple hundred dollars a month. Even if I spent, if I had a 25K card and I just spent 10K on it, I don't have to pay off that 10K for another 12 months. So I can put that money into an investment vehicle, whether uh, whether it be real estate, whether it be some passive income, income stream, whether it be investing in a YouTube channel, whether it be investing in mentorships, uh, learning a skill. You will likely, you would hope that putting that money into an investment is going to give you a return, right? You're not going to just, you know, give up on it. You, you know, you'd hope it give you a return. So you'll be able to pay that back. But you have over 12 months to some cards will go up to 20 months, a year and a half, almost two years. You have that long to pay it back and you're not using your liquid cash. So the ability to invest in something, to invest in learning a skill, to learn from someone um, that is already successful, that'll show you the path and the steps to make, the, the payoff is huge and you don't have to use any of your liquid capital. Okay, so have you done it? Yeah, yeah, I have. And you invested in a skill? Uh, there's a couple of things I invest in. Of course, me learning credit. You know, there's certain things that go into applying to credit. There's so many data points. There's so many things that different banks pull. I'm not going to be able to apply to every single credit card and understand those data points. Um, so, you know, there are programs that I've invested in where I'm in a community of people that understand credit, have already gone through a bunch of different data points or been with a bunch of different banks. Maybe they're a part of different states um, that allow me to access that information and understand you know, other routes that I can go or certain cards or certain banks that I should apply for. So, yeah. Time out. okay, so it doesn't affect your personal credit if you don't pay it off, but obviously it's gonna be harder to get business loans if you don't pay off your business loan, correct? Loans are different than a, a credit card, a business credit card. So yeah, okay. you can get a loan. Um, so the what credit card, the credit card thing you're talking about. So I yep. pay whatever, I get 20 months. Specific. Yep, absolutely. And you could, someone has a program or they have a course, pay with a credit card. And now you have a business. And also when you were to file taxes, um, education is considered a tax write-off. So there's so many benefits of actually opening up a business. And hey, you guys can go online, literally search and spend a hundred bucks to open up a business. Go to a, a bank like Chase, open up a business checking account, put a couple thousand dollars of your own money in there. Um, why? Because it's going to show them that they can lend out, you know, 50 times that cash. You're now building a relationship with them. Eventually, a couple months down the line, you can apply for a business credit card. And guess what? You don't have to have revenue coming into your business. So why not, you know, access or utilize the bank? Uh, to be able to start your business, learn a skill to start your business um, and utilize that rather than, you know, you taking your nine to five or your sales job or your marketing jobs cash that you use to pay rent. You know? No, no. So my question is, that makes sense. My question is, so the personal credit, you said that hey, you need to pay that back, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But if I get the business credit and let's say I default on it now, what's the story then? So I, I don't pay it back in a year. What happens? It affects your business credit score. So, so now you my personal you're, credit. You're talking about a year from now, like 12 months, 16 months, you can't pay it back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, the one thing that I would say is if you don't feel, if you don't feel confident in making your investment back, like if you're just throwing cash around to whatever, like, why are you doing that? Like you're, you already don't understand credit. You're not leveraging it. 
first of all. And if you can't pay it back, if you can't pay it back, um, like for me, I did it knowing that if I had to, I could seep into what I have for cash and pay it off. Then you'll just occur, incur interest after that 12 months, just like you would on a credit card or a personal credit card. You'd incur interest on what you, you, know, you haven't paid, but it wouldn't hurt your personal credit score. The business and the person are separated. Even though when you're applying, your social security is still a part of your business. Yeah, you are doing a personal guarantee until like your business is a few years old, but it won't affect your it won't affect your personal credit score because it's attached to the business, unless the business basically goes in bankruptcy, which is why you hear all the time from people going in bankruptcy being fine because their personal assets are not liable. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was coming to my mind about the the separation from uh, the business and the person, yeah. the LLC in and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not a professional, so this is not financial advice. Yeah. Uh, so do you think most of the, um, the influencers and entrepreneurs um, today are uh, doing all this kind of business credit and, and whatnot? I mean, that's kind of how I got initially exposed to the idea. People were like, so this is what I, and I, this is just a small little thing. Doesn't even have to do with business credit. I would recommend a lot of people to create separate accounts on their social medias and follow people that are successful or posting positive shit. Um, so basically what I did a couple, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, when I moved down to Florida, I created separate accounts and followed more of the people that I was, you know, striving to understand or learn what they were doing, successful people. And it separated me from, you know, all the bullshit, normal stuff that you see on Instagram or uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And now I'm accessing more information. Everyone was saying, why not use other OPM? OPM. I'm like, what is OPM? Other people's money. I'm like, how, what do you mean? Other people's money. People sitting there, you start seeing all these influencers. They're like, you know, I went from zero to 15 houses in 12 months. How? Other people's money. So I started questioning it. And then you start looking into it and it's like, okay, these people had access to a 25K credit line. They were able to put a down payment on the house or they used their own cash to put a down payment on the house. And then they use that credit card to renovate it. And what you can do, especially in real estate, so you can renovate it and then you can depreciate or cost segregation study. I forget exactly what one it is, but you're basically revaluing the house. So if you bought the house for 300,000, now you have... Um, you have renovated it. Now they're saying the value of the house is 370. So now you can walk away from the house with a, a back loan from the bank. You can go to the bank and say, Hey, I just revalued the house. It's 370 K. They'll technically give you a loan at low interest for 370 K. Now you can pay off that house, use that 70 K and put it into another investment. And you roll it around and you just, you keep paying things off. So using other until, people, until the market hits, and then you might be in trouble. The market hits. So, yeah, but there's there's things like that. And then, you, of course, you hear, you know, Airbnb stuff. Use a credit card to fund the rent, to fund the furnishings. Now you start making $1,000, $2,000 cash flow. You're able to pay that off in a certain amount of time. People do it, you know. But the thing is... Arbitrage. Airbnb arbitrage, right? So people yeah. literally rent a place, a 12-month uh, lease... And they make sure in their little agreement that they can, they can do Airbnb, which is starting to go away. They're cracking down on it a lot of different places. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, so they're paying $600 a month 
let's say some city in uh, Europe and they're making a thousand dollars a month off, uh, off the Airbnb. And yeah. uh, that's all, they don't own nothing. It's, it's a rental. It's that it was pretty genius that happened, but now I think it's, it's saturated and it's fucked Airbnb. I refuse to air, use Airbnb <laughs> unless it's like an amazing deal. But the, the whole Airbnb game has changed because of those kind of people, which I don't hate them for because they're made a lot of money. But yeah, I mean, it really screwed a lot of travelers up for sure. They're taking they're taking advantage of an opportunity. Um, it's way different in Europe than it is in America using Airbnb. I used to actually go on Airbnb and VRBO. Originally, when I before I moved down to Florida, I came down here, messaged someone, asked if I could pay off a platform. Typically, I would do that to get cheaper, avoid you know the extra thousand dollar taxes and all that stuff. People now they're like, nope, we're we're only working through Airbnb. We're only working through VRBO. They've actually added terms and conditions in those agreements now that people can't necessarily move off of the platform. But in Europe, you can still barter, and people don't you know they don't give a shit. You can still get something that's twelve hundred bucks a month on Airbnb to like $500, you know? So, but in America, it's much more challenging because everyone who's doing it is now these arbitrage people who want to make their cash, you know? So. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, everywhere I go, I get uh 50% off if I do it in person, at least 50 to 75% off. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Okay. So what else you got for me, Zach? You've hit a lot of good points in a good um, amount of time. I will say this. I think the ability to, to access business credit and kind of one of my things, and I'm even, I've even spoke to you about it is like, Hey, um, you know, maybe I want to do something different outside what I'm currently doing, but I don't know where to start. You know, I don't know what to do or what I'm interested in or whatever. So the first key point is, you know, do that, maybe separate some accounts, start following people that, you know, you think are doing something that is interesting to you. Um, start taking notes, build the trust. Like the more you follow someone and try to interact with them or DM with them, join some of these programs or whatnot. Um, you're kind of building trust on whether they're trustworthy or not. You always see people jumping into, you know, a course or a program and then they get scammed, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, that sucks, but start trying to figure out the people that you want to learn from. If you're going to utilize, you know, the leverage that having good personal credit can give you to access business credit, I would recommend everyone first to, instead of just trying to start a business, like start a marketing agency or something like that, that you don't necessarily know the skills to build. Maybe you don't have good sales skills. Um, maybe you don't have good marketing skills, copywriting skills, things that all can go into it. Use the business credit to access and learn from someone. Spend the money on a mentorship. Spend the money on learning from someone that's going to be more important than spending the money and putting it in stocks and crypto, you know, and just hoping for a change, like spend the money to actually learn something. Um, because what I've figured out is that learning from people and being a part of the community, I'm learning how to network. First of all, you're a part of a community and you start understanding, you know, there are other opportunities than just this that are available. And you can communicate with people, understand their successes, their failures, you learn much faster doing that rather than doing it all on your own. So if you're going to utilize it, I'd recommend, okay, this is a route I want to go down. I'm going to spend the money on a mentorship and learning from someone and learning a skill. It's going to make me learn faster and get my money back faster than me just throwing money into a, at the wall and hoping shit works. I mean, that kind of happened with you, right? You were in crypto, <laughs> you were into stocks and Forex or something, right? Yeah. 
not, I mean, of course I'm into crypto. I still am, but like right now, of course, you know, having as much cash as possible, I think from an economy standpoint, we're still going down. So right now I'm cash heavy, which is why right now is so important to build a credit structure. If you don't have good personal credit, you're going to get smacked for the next year and a half. If you don't have access to additional capital, you don't have access to buy assets at a minimal and low price. Everyone says millionaires, rich people kill it during recessions because they have access to capital. Now, if you're the one on the sidelines who's struggling and you don't have access to capital, how are you going to take advantage of it? Which is the whole importance of right now, being able to access business credit, having a good personal credit profile to be able to access that gives you firing powder to choose to buy assets at 50% off, to buy stocks and crypto at 50% off and watch it freaking shoot the hell up and go up when the recession starts improving. You know, so that's the whole point is being able to have access to capital. 100%. Um... Uh, I was going to piggyback on your your mentorship point and learning yeah. skills. I've said that for a minute, like a lot of books. I think that's a good investment on you, like uh, some really good, you know, Fast Lightning Millionaire book. You read yeah. that too. You know, shit like that. But I, I do, I've never personally um, paid someone because I, you know, through this bold perceptions and through uh, people I met in the cigar lounge when I was a young boy, I was able to get that mentorship and like that free information through the relationship I built, right? Yeah. But- for a lot of people that don't have that, you know, I think it is really good to reach out to someone that you trust that uh, like you can have a direct conversation with, you know, get their WhatsApp number. Like I do it. I've been doing consultation now. I don't really market it at all. But the results I've had, you know, guys say like this was well worth, you know, 100 bucks you charged me because like the details I can give from my firsthand experience and all these different applications or things that I use and things that I have done <clears throat> will save them thousands. Right. Instead of like anyone can, yes, you can do the YouTube, right? But a lot of times when you do that little free information, you don't have any stake in it. You don't really take it seriously, right? But when you put money towards something and that other person is focused and trustworthy, usually your money always, you know, uh, the investment is definitely worth it in the in the long run. So what, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get some people to consultation on credit? Is that what's going on now? I see you do some programs and whatnot. Yeah, so I mean, Typically, right now, I'm just giving people free free value. Um, I don't see the point of pitching something a service uh, without kind of building free value and giving people free value. So that's kind of all I'm doing. And the thing is, like you said, if people don't have skin in the game, they're typically they they typically don't care or they don't put enough effort in. Um, so what you find out by giving free value is understanding, okay, these are the people that actually hit me up on this matter and actually care um, or are interested in it. So you can provide that value. You can give them, you know, answer those questions. And then eventually, like right now, if someone, if people were to reach out to me and say, hey, you know, can you check out my credit profile? Can you kind of give me some insight on, you know, how I should attack this or move forward with credit? Um, I would do it for free. You know, because it's you're actually building it's better to build testimonials and build a strong uh, group of people that are going to say, like, you know, I got value from it. The problem is, is a lot of people nowadays, they don't want to provide free, free value initially because they want to charge you. And then that's when people get mad because people are so invest. people invest 100 bucks and they get pissed. And it's like 100 bucks is not a lot at all. They just spent 100 bucks at the bar last night, but they'll get pissed because they didn't, you know, get everything handed to them. 
in a sense. They didn't really put in work and things like that. So like people take their investments really seriously. So it's better to actually make people feel good by just, you know, hey, this is what you can do for free. I can help you out. And then you can utilize, you know, the effort that they put in or the knowledge they learn later on. So like right now, like I don't really care about making any money off of it. I just want people to take access and take advantage of it. Yeah, it's the sales funnel thing, you know. You, you're doing exactly that right now. That's what I've done a lot with this, this bull perceptions, obviously. But here's the problem: you're like you said, people want to start charging right away because this shit is not easy. No. How much time and effort I put into this, and but again, what's gotten back to me is the networking, is um, you know, communication skills, is uh, learning how to market, learning how to edit videos, like. I've learned so much from putting free shit out there, right? That has been well worth it, even if I wasn't, wasn't getting paid. But now yeah. it's getting to a point people are coming to me and offering to give me money for different things. So it always comes back in the end. And another thing is um, there's a dude that I, uh, I listen to every single one of his podcasts. I think I probably sent it to you. And uh, I, I just loved everything he kind of stood for. And I didn't agree with everything, but he was just a really smart dude that really helped me out in my life with just his free podcast, right? But I bought every single one of his books and um, like uh, I think I bought some like other thing from him. So I probably gave him like 200 bucks when it was all said and done, which was hell of it worth it, especially his podcast. His 200 episodes of podcast was, you know, worth a million dollars to me. So um, my point is, yeah, the funnel thing is interesting. This is pretty much for anyone that's trying to content in the future. Building trust, you know, yeah. that's what matters now. That's what matters now with all the people that are scamming for scamming people for courses they're just there for the quick bag i think the importance is just like providing knowledge because like you said free knowledge eventually made me spend 200 dollars. imagine if 100 people spent 200 dollars. like you know what i mean i mean that's that's you know the crazy thing about it um but really like if you're providing that type of value you want people to have access to it like you know why do you want to be a gatekeeper so. The more you give, the more you give, the more you receive. Awesome. Great stuff, Zach. Really, uh, you were very articulate. Our affirmations beforehand worked. Um, where can the people find you? What, the, what can they look forward to? I know you have some of those programs you were posting. Uh, kind of pitch your stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you can find me on Instagram, Z-A-C-R-E-P-I-N-S-K-I. Uh, Zach Pinsky on there. Uh, but really, yeah. I mean, right now I'm just you know, trying to utilize credit uh, to, to the best of my ability to kind of learn different skills, you know, through that, you know, like you have mentioned, I do typically partner with people that I've, I've been a part of different groups or mentorships with. Um, one of those is basically the ERC tax credit. And that thing is crazy. So if anyone, I'll just give a quick insight on this, because I've, anyone who's listening on here that might have family that has a business or might work for a business, Basically, anyone under 500 W-2 employees can access it. But originally, you know, the government brought out the PPP loan and the ERC tax credit loan. Originally, they had, uh, they, you could only choose one, one of those loans. In 20, late 2021, Biden changed the CARE Act where if you were to, um, if you took the PP loan, you still were able to access the ERC credit. And the only reason people took the PPP loan, which is why you're seeing a bunch of fraud and all this stuff, is because... Uh, you didn't have to prove your payments to your employees, which is why people got free money. People are getting arrested, blah, blah, blah. ERC were basically um, applying who you paid, how many employees you did, full-time employees. We are 
basically realizing that and understanding that. So um, you can get up to, you know, 10 to 26K per employee. And it's basically a tax credit that allows you to retain your, uh, your employees during times of recession. So during times of recession, you usually have to lay off employees. The government is basically giving you free money to be able to pay your employees if you were to struggle at all during the 2020 or 2021 years during COVID. They're giving you free money to be able to pay and you can utilize it for anything. PPP, you had to pay back the tax. ERC is a tax credit. A tax credit in the government's eyes is already taxed and they're basically, you do not have to pay it back. You can utilize it to buy supplies. You see a lot of supply chain issues right now. Um, you can utilize it to buy that and spend early, or you can utilize it to pay your employees to retain them to continue to work for you during a time of tough times. So um, if anyone has any business owners, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Happy to help. We got a full, full blown accounting team uh, that works with that and kind of qualifies it with the IRS. The IRS sends you a straight check. What's your cut on that? Huh? What's your cut on that? Uh, 3%. <clears throat> okay. So our team takes 15%. Our team takes 15%. But hey, if I gave you 150 grand and we took 30K of it or whatever that percentage is, um, why would it matter? You just got $120,000 for free. And most yep. CPAs won't do it because there's quite a bit of paperwork on the back end. It takes a couple hours. So we have a full team that does that. Um, a CPA isn't going to want to do it for a 20 person business. Typically the last for an upfront cost, but we will take 15%. We don't get paid unless you get paid. So there's, there's no incentive to us, you know, because we're not getting paid unless you get the check from the IRS. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting what happens uh, the next six months, next year. We we'll cre credit saves the day. <laughs> Cash is always King still. But uh, good job, Zach. I hope uh, your credit uh, journey keeps going good and you pick up some, uh, some consultation and keep doing uh, that free, beautiful stuff you give up. All right, Nick. Appreciate it. You need to start taking advantage of the travel credit, bro. You need to get yeah, you well, hey, No, 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 no. You're talking about giving free guys credit to look at. So we're going to talk after this and maybe you're going you're gonna to get that figured out for me. All right. All right. That sounds good. All right, everyone else, make sure to live bold. Ciao.